0: genius episode 65 fortnightly cover charge in this episode eric and bruce they go all over the place they talk about murderville they talk about rock and roll music they talk about banana ball and a bunch in between hey if you like what you hear and you'd like to support us you can go to patreon.com slash obg everything that comes in from there goes to cover our monthly podcasting costs which we appreciate thanks Welcome to another exciting episode of Inverse Genius Fortnightly It's exciting because I have the personification of joy himself Mr. Bruce Vogue Third, here uh,
1: That is a bold statement you've made, sir That is hey, a lot are- to live up to for, I'll <laughs> do my best, but
0: gadzooks <laughs> You are a bold man I mean, I'm sitting here watching you in your Sasquatch t-shirt And your gold lame background and ready to roll Oh, I mean, I try to joy, live this. If
1: you if you're a listener to the show, you've already heard about Sasquatch. Uh that was not just for the show. I'm I'm living that. <laughs> He's living the Sasquatch life. <laughs> Indeed.
0: So, I don't know if you have this in in uh, Maryland, but in Oklahoma, we have quite a few vehicles that have sort of this outline of Bigfoot sticker on the back of their window, arguably they're, you know, Sasquatch hunters. <laughs> So I was just you know, thinking you could have an outline of squatch instead, you know, in, in the back of your car.
1: I have to look. It's not a thing here because everything here is either the Maryland flag. We love the flag. People say Texans love the flag. Not like Marylanders love the flag. Uh, everything we have here is either that or Old Bay. Say it again. Old Bay.
0: And your flag's not rectangle, right?
1: No, we have a rectangle flag, Ah. but it's got like multiple parts. And it's uh, I've heard a friend of mine that's an artist used to describe the he used to call things the Maryland flag effect, which is (laughs) that something is so hideously ugly that it comes back around the horn and becomes like interesting and fun again. Uh, And that's what our flag is. It's red and white and black and yellow. It's in quadrants. Like, it's a wild flight. Like, if you look <laughs> through a whole bunch of flags of the country, it's one you're, that will draw your eye. And we put it on everything. Cars, board shorts, beer cans, uh, flip flops, <laughs> uh, airplanes, whole buildings. You, like, w- far more <laughs> than we have any right to. Uh, so everything here is either that or some version of the old Bay logo. Uh, gotcha. of the blue and black that is the Old Bay, or the blue and white that is the Old Bay logo. So we don't have the Sasquatch hunters just because it's unless somebody has imported. And if they have, they're going to have Sasquatch, but then he's going to be holding a thing of Old Bay <laughs> with the logo clearly on it, so you know it's Old Bay, so you can't confuse it.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, we pretty much have Sasquatches and stick families. And then usually dinosaurs nice. so We have a lot of stick, stick families,
1: families here. And then we also, just because I'm in the Baltimore DC Metroplex uh, you're going to get a lot of nerds just because, you know, kind of government work draws nerds. So you get a lot of those families that are like from something pop culture. So either they're they're pop vinyl figures or they're <laughs> star troopers or they're, you know, yep. something like that.
0: Makes sense. Well, that is exciting. Absolutely nothing to do with what I wanted to talk about, though. <laughs> but it's always I fun was about to, to the see tra- transition
1: into we're playing our every two week game of tell and tell.
0: There and we go. What
1: is it that's excited you over the past couple of weeks, Mr. Doctor, Mr. Doctor? Dr. Mr.
0: Eric Dewey, yes. Um, so on Netflix, we came across, my wife and I came across this show called Murderville, uh, starring Will Arnett. Uh, are you familiar with this in any way, form, or fashion?
1: So here's what I've heard, and when I'm wrong, stop me. It is kind of a standard uh, boilerplate plot of a murder mystery. However, one special guest doesn't know what's going on, and the entire thing is, uh, is improv.
0: You hit it nail on head. So yeah, uh, that's exactly what it is. Er Basically everybody, but the guest star knows what the script is. The guest star is just basically (laughs) showing up and, um, (laughs) and I like Will Arnett in general. Sometimes he gets to be a little annoying when he's kind of the obnoxious, overly obnoxious guy, which is this character in this show, but the, the whole improv nature of it just keeps it going. So, um, I think there's six episodes. I want to say Conan O'Brien was the first one out, and he's the one that sold me on the show. Um, And then there's (laughs) people like Sharon Stone. There was a football player. There was, um, oh, Captain Fingerbang from the Eternals. I can't remember the actor's name. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: He Um, was on there.
1: Yes, I know. Kumail Nanjiani?
0: Yes, that's it. That's it. Yep. And Ken Yong is on there as well. So uh, a mixture of people, but yeah, so th- yeah. they actually are presented with a criminal case that they have to solve. They'll have three, uh, they're th- three suspects and they have certain okay. clues that they're trying to figure out. And then at the end they'll come out and they'll say, you know, I think so-and-so did it. And then the chief of police comes out and tells them if they're right or wrong. And if they're wrong, it tells them who really did it and why. And uh, Quite frankly, it's relatively once you get this, sh- the shtick, it's relatively easy to figure out who done it. But, um, you know, just that the improv nature of it all, and quite frankly, I don't think any of the actors had any idea what they were signing up for. Um, <laughs> half of them, I think, were playing themselves, <laughs> uh, you know, nice. not a character, but just themselves. Yeah. And uh, Conan, in my opinion, did the best, just I think he's you know, that's more in his wheelhouse. Um, yeah, but. The, the best part is like watching a Saturday Night Live skit, trying to see the characters not crack up and laugh, you know, while they're just making up the most <laughs> bizarre stuff. Cause, cause, um, so I'll, I'll say it's not like gut bunchy, gut busting hilarious, but it is a lot of fun. And each episode's only 30 minutes. So you're kind of like, Oh, that was pretty fun. Let's watch the next one kind of thing. But I really enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed murderville quite a bit. I love the concept and I'm curious to see if they'll keep going just, one person not knowing what's going on. It's like a TV version of Skyfall.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was about to say, it also feels like it's very much a a TV version of like a really elaborate board, you know, almost like, um, Chronicles of Crime or, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing where it's everybody's playing, you know, this whole story is happening around you and you're just trying to figure it out, but doing it, you know, with stars and, uh, some budget.
0: Right. And there's usually a scene where Will Arnett is going to be feeding lines to the character when they're talking to a particular suspect. And of course, you know, he'll say all kinds of weird, outrageous stuff. And, and then they're just going to have to kind of go with it and move forward and, and, uh, and whatnot. But yeah, I I enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to, to be honest with you. It's, it's sort of the perfect thing to just stumble across on Netflix. (laughs)
1: Nice. It sounds like a fun hybrid of like a game show and a drama. And then that thing that the impractical jokers do, whatever the hell we call that, that sort of like reality based kind of, but probably not, but maybe kind of thing that they do that like, yeah, it sounds like it has elements of all of that.
0: Exactly. Without quite the cringe that like the impromptu jokers bring or impractical jokers. Yeah. Actually, you know, let me throw one more thing in there. Um, speaking okay. of just stuff you stumble across on Netflix uh, we I stumbled across have you heard of the show old enough on Netflix I have not okay so it's a Japanese it's not a game show but it's a Japanese show and the concept okay. is they take these pre-k kids usually two to four years old and they okay. are going on their first errand by themselves and these cameramen <laughs> follow them and yeah. that's it it's like it's like a seven or eight minute 12 minute episode. And it's just like the first one's this little two, two year, nine month old who has to walk a kilometer to the store and buy a few things and then come back home sort of all by himself. And uh and it's just, you know, it's one of those things. Normally, I'm not used to, and this is by no means normal, but I'm not used to normal Japanese shows. And this one is just kind of exactly what it stands up to be, and they just kind of follow them along and and watch what they do and make funny little comments along the way but (laughs) it's this this little after dinner mint of show that we'll always like oh you know we got 10 minutes let's let's see what the next little Japanese kids doing
1: (laughs) Which so where is that is that just is that on YouTube or is that
0: it's on Netflix actually
1: (laughs) okay wow (laughs)
0: yeah i know it's called old enough it's it's worth just watching you know 10 minutes of it's funny because that first episode like i said it was like a two-year-old nine month two two nine anyway and she does all this stuff i was like wow that's crazy and then the next episode is this four-year-old whose parents own an orchard or something he's supposed to take some of the oranges and go make juice and he breaks for an hour to chase a dog in the neighborhood and stuff you know i was like okay that's a little (laughs) bit more what i was expecting to see
1: (laughs) yeah wow- i, I do, currently I do not have Netflix. I have like every other subscription on earth, and that's Should, why but, I haven't picked Netflix back up, but it sounds like maybe I need to
0: i it's it was just one of those things you know <laughs> just
1: absolutely kinda, absolutely
0: just weird but yeah i I always feel like I need to do like a rotating wheel every three months, drop one and pick up another kind of thing
1: <laughs> yep, I feel like at this point that's how it's getting because there's so many things in so many places. Yes. That that's kind of what you have to do.
0: Or, as I've discovered, have kids, and then when they get to be adults, (laughs) my daughter's in college, and she she has an HBO Max subscription now, and I'm like, well, hey, I can finally watch Peacemaker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great show, by the way. There's also a really fun show in there. It's not what we're going to talk about, uh, but there's one about the forming of like the Showtime Lakers in the 80s.
0: Oh, see, now, I am, was a huge Celtics fan, right? And so that Celtics-Lakers rivalry in the 80s, I watched all of it. You know, big Larry Bird fan. In fact, mm-hmm. had the starter Celtics jacket, wore it to school all nice. the time in Broca- You know, Oklahoma, uh, was called Larry Bird all the time. To the fact, the point where when I started dating my wife, um, her parents thought my name was Larry for some weird reason, so...
1: oh my goodness you're like no i'm just a white dude that likes the celtics but okay cool love the celtics (laughs) yeah well well worth checking out i forget what it's called right now because it wasn't what we were expecting to talk about but i've been watching it lately and some of the camera things they do are really fun some of the storytelling is really fun it's sort of it's not exactly a a factual retelling of how (laughs) the the lakers got put together but it's it does give you some pieces of the story Um, We are about halfway through when the whole series is done. I'll probably cover it on here uh, because I'm really loving my time with it, uh, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson and uh, Dr. Jerry Buss, who's just a maniac, like going through (laughs) all that is super cool.
0: And it's kind of filmed sort of a stylized, right? Like, I mean, it has sort of that fuzzy 80s look.
1: It is. So it's filmed with like five different types of cameras. So, like, sometimes it's an 80s camera. Sometimes it's an 80s VHS camera. Sometimes oh. it's a modern film camera. It depends on what they're trying to convince you is happening at the moment. And then also sometimes the characters will talk directly to you. Like, oh. as the viewer, like like uh, Jerry Buss's, um attorney slash accountant, because a lot of the stories is Jerry Bus getting himself way over his head financially. <laughs> and the accountant will, like, look over to you at the camera and go, this guy, this effing dude. <laughs> 17 million dollars we have to find. Of course we can find it. Oh, why, why worry? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Jerry, absolutely. Of course we're gonna do that. Like, and a lot of times the Jerry will do the same thing. Um, How so it's funny. it's kind of a really neat thing. Once again, I'll stop talking about that because that wasn't necessarily my topic. But if you're out there and you have any kind of a like of sport, I think it's sort of a fun story. Um, it's looking at a time when the Lakers were the underdog. It's the story of building the Lakers showing the Lakers build up into the dynasty that they became to where they were a good enough team. You could hate them.
0: Gotcha. 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 Oh, yep. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. I meant to talk about your trader Joe beer bread mix because. Oh,
1: nice. 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 Nice.
0: After listening to your episode, uh, my wife and I went out to trader Joe's and got some and uh, made Dr. Pepper bread with it. Nice. And how was that? It was good. I really liked the bread. It's weird though, because, and, and you guys had mentioned this because it's kind of hard to figure out what this bread is for, right? Like, it's not yeah. quite a dessert. It's not quite, you know, <laughs> you're not going to make a sandwich with it. I toasted and buttered it like I would uh, like <laughs> cinnamon raisin bread and it was fine, yeah. but it, it didn't like enhance any of the flavors. So it was just kind of no. a, it, it's halfway between a, 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 an appetizer and a dessert. <laughs>
1: it's either a very sweet bread that's cakey or the least sweet cake an american's cake. <laughs> going to eat. Exactly. It's one or the other. And and which that means if you're in Europe anywhere, it's the sweetest cake you've ever had. <laughs> but it's it's sort of that yeah, it definitely sits in a place where you're not quite sure, but it, whatever it is it's good. But well, yes, it doesn't have a clear plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't. Have, yeah, exactly. And speaking of not a clear plan, that was my first time in a Trader Joe's, and it raised my blood pressure. This is a store with no flow. You know, like the <laughs> doors open up, and there are these giant tables covered in flowers. You know, it's spring <laughs> and Easter, and then you know, it's not the, the the aisles really aren't aisles, and they just kind of put, oh, here's the frozen stuff and some desserts. You know, it's like ah. I need order and structure in my life.
1: Sorry. Yep. They, they have gone for, uh, and it's been studied the most stuff per square foot. And they have the smallest square foot stores that produce the most amount of money per square foot. So their whole thing is just shoving as much of it. They're trying to be like those game stores that you hate where all the games are stacked no, yeah. up and you're trying to figure out what's there, but they're trying to have a little more order than that, but it's definitely closer to that aesthetic than like a supermarket.
0: Yeah, I can see that. It's got that Asian market sort of feel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or uh, like the German markets, if you're in there, like the German supermarkets, where it's like, oh, here's all this stuff. And then here's a thing we constantly rotate out. And then do you want to buy a computer? Sure, we have those too. Like, (laughs) it has kind of that feel to it. (laughs) Um, The the good news (laughs) is, is that if you continue to go back, it makes no sense the first time. But at least the thing you remember will be in the same place next time. Yeah, I can see that that's the only like it doesn't make more sense the second time but if you're like oh this is where the blah blah was it'll still be there unless it's something like that beer bread which i went like a week after st patrick's day and they're like oh yeah no we'll have that next year Like, are you kidding me it was here a week ago and they're like yeah a week ago it was st patrick's day and now it appears to be outdoor barbecue a palooza bruce okay well there we go i'll wait till next year and buy a bunch of boxes then
0: Now, I will say as much as I liked it, it's not something that's like, oh, I can't wait to get this again. It'll be like, oh, it's beer bread time again. So that was that was good. But okay, but I definitely wanted to to mention that. So.
1: All right. You're free
0: to move about the cabin.
1: Fantastic. Well, then I'm going to try because I've already talked about a thing here. So I'm going to try not to talk too much about this thing, but it's going to be very hard for me. Uh, many of you know that I have at times done a uh, podcast called the Just Barely Sports Podcast with the Minor League Geek, where I talk about things that like are kind of sports, but not really sports. Uh, it is my way to try to explain to people, especially to nerds, because I know that's what we're listening to, nerds and geeks who have been taught through their lives to hate sports. And the the basic premise of everything I say is, it's not all created equal. Everything is not the NBA championships. Everything is not the most intense part of the NHL season. Everything is not the boring middle of Major League Baseball. <laughs> and this is very much not that. What I want to talk to you about for a moment today, folks, is something called banana ball. What? So here's the deal. Uh, exactly. So I'm going to give you a brief history lesson so you understand how we got there. Uh, there's been a team in Savannah, Georgia since the dawn of time. And if you look at their backfield, their back outfield wall, it will show you the name changes of which there are enough name changes of the team. They start at far left field and go all the way to the middle of the outfield with the number of times they've changed their team. <laughs> uh, they're bef- right now, they are the Savannah Bananas, hence the name Banana Ball. But I'm going to take you a little bit earlier. They were the Savannah Sand Nats. And they were uh, more or less laughed out of the South Atlantic League, um, which is a minor league of baseball. It is the the very lowest league and then the South Atlantic League. Uh, There's no money. There's it's if you get drafted, it's where you'll probably end up on your first step to hopefully getting the hell out of there and making (laughs) money on a major league team. Many of the teams in the South Atlantic League notoriously have terrible stadiums that almost every year get condemned. (laughs) <laughs> uh, there are problems in the fields where people get injured. I worked for one of the teams in my time being a minor league baseball announcer, and we had a divot in the field so bad that the scorekeepers had a thing on the score card that they would note if something happened and it caused a player to error because it was oh. known that the field wasn't level and that it was never going to be level. Um, So just to tell you, that's the level of play we're at. And the Savannah Sand Nats were more or less laughed out of that league because they drew like 200 people a night. It was unsustainable. So the South Atlantic League said, hey, thanks so much for playing. Thanks for all the fish. Uh, Good luck in your future endeavors. (laughs) And they they got a logo company in and they became the Savannah Bananas. And they were trying to play in college wood bat, which is right now just the Wild West of baseball, uh, because you don't have to pay your players. (laughs) because they're college kids. You're allowed to tell them they don't make any money. Uh, So if you were a team, but you don't have the money, now this is what you do. So they were this for like a year or two and they could sell hats and t-shirts because the logo is an angry baseball bat and banana. Um, I, at one point on the way down to Dice Tower Con, stopped at their stadium and they had no more hats to sell. They couldn't sell me a hat because (laughs) they were like two thirds of the way through the season and they only had enough for the players. (laughs) So... This gives you an idea how things were. So they did college wood bat for a year or two and it didn't go well. And they were like, well, let's reinvent what baseball is. Okay. We've learned That we don't have the player recognition to make people come to Savannah, Georgia. It doesn't matter. We don't have a player you care about. Because we're no longer in the affiliated system, we don't even have the kind of people that want to like see the rookies before they become stars. What we have is unaffiliated in college baseball, which means we have players that have done horribly through a bunch of other teams (laughs) or kids that didn't get drafted. So we've got kids that like couldn't make it to the other 150 teams and they're what's left in the pool. So it's not like good baseball if you're a baseball person. So they essentially said, well, what can make something fun? What can we do to baseball to make it better? And their answer was everything. <laughs> so right now, the reason I'm talking about this is as we are recording this, they just, play, they just showed a game on ESPN+. Plus. That was um, the Savannah Bananas Banana Ball. They're doing another game tonight, which is the Saturday. And the reason they are is because there are three documentary film crews at the stadium right now doing documentaries about the Savannah Bananas.
0: Three separate
1: documentaries? There are multiple. (laughs) Apparently HBO is doing one and ESPN is doing one. So they decide since they had the film crews to take the college film crews that do the college baseball games and just Uh send one team down to do this two night homestand to show people what this is. I'm sure to get them pumped for whatever documentary is going to come out. Um, I told you how bad the team was. They couldn't really draw people right now. Last night's game was the hundred and fifty first consecutive sellout for the stadium. Oh, man, which I can't like they're not affiliated to any team you've ever heard of. <laughs> they have no player you're ever going to know the name of unless you are a Savannah Bananas fan. Their talent is like I don't want to say bad. I want to knock them because I couldn't do what they're doing. But like they're not major league players. Um, You don't go to this because you want to see like, don't get me wrong. You'll see some fun plays, but that's not why you're there. Uh, They have a marching band. Honest to goodness comes out full marching band they also have the uh the banana grands the banana grams uh they are a group of older women i think you have to be 65 and over to be on their dance squad and they (laughs) dance to like uh hip-hop songs before the game starts uh they also have the throwing out of the banana they don't throw a first pitch they throw a first banana uh, for the first game we saw, they hit a banana in the field and made a woman blindfolded find it. And then she got proposed to on national television uh, because Aww. it's minor league baseball. Yep. Right? It's such a heartwarming <laughs> moment. Then they have uh, they have Split, which is their banana mascot. They also have um, Princess Phosphora. Princess Phosphora? P- Princess Potassia. Cause it's ah, potassium, potassium. The bananas have princess potassia who is in a full, a uh, yellow ball gown <laughs> and kind of sings before the game. Uh, they have an official presentation of the baby. They have the banana baby where they take the youngest baby they can find, dress it up like a banana, make all the players form in a circle around it and kind of quasi worship it while they hold it up. <laughs> and the music to, uh, to the Lion uh, the King, King plays. <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's another thing they seem to do. And this is the pace of the game. when So they essentially have two teams the same way that the uh, Harlem Globetrotters do, where you have Just the Harlem gosh. Globetrotters, which in this case is the Savannah Bananas. And then you have the Washington Generals, the bad guys. In this case, it's a team called the Party Animals. Well, uh, what they wear on the field is uh, the arms cut off of a pink and black tuxedo shirt. (laughs) And they come into the stadium jumping over the backfield wall. Like, they play some real hard rock music and say, now the party animals, and you see, like, smoke from the back of the field, and then these guys leap over the top of the stadium and, like, invade the stadium.
0: It's like a wrestling introduction.
1: It is It is very much it has a feeling of wrestling. Um, Another thing I've never seen is when the Savannah bananas opening pitcher comes out, they actually like open up part of the outfield wall to let him have a presentation. And last night they were playing Kanye West's power with the crowd going berserk. It was a full tilt wrestling <laughs> intro for their opening pitcher. Um, <laughs> Uh, They also have, they do the weave to start the game. So all the players run by with like four baseballs and do like a basketball style weave to start. (laughs) And their first base coach is their dancing first base coach. So this (laughs) dude's a legit dancer and he does like somersaults and backflips to bring the team in. Um, (laughs) All of this, mind you, is before the game starts. We
0: haven't even thrown a pitch.
1: (laughs) We haven't thrown a pitch. Um, So the rules of banana ball are as such. Every single inning counts. What does that mean? Well, rather than play baseball like you're used to it, every inning is self-contained. So the game's nine innings, you're trying to win five innings before time's up. You do that. If at the end of the inning, you're leading three to one, boom, okay, you're up one inning to zero. We started a zero-zero score in the next inning. So what that does is that makes every inning the ninth inning. At yeah. the end of every inning, whatever team wins does a celebration, and by that I mean one inning. When the Savannah Bananas won the inning, uh, the Grams came out with a bottle service with champagne bottles <laughs> with sparklers on them, and they shot champagne. Uh, when the uh, when the Party Animals won, one they fired off like pink smoke grenades uh, because they won the inning. Because every inning's the ninth inning, every inning you can have a walk off home run that ends the inning, which is thrilling. Uh, You may have heard the words, Bruce, you said a lot very excitedly. Did you say if they win before the time limit? Yes, (laughs) the game has a definitive two hour time limit. If at two hours, uh, whatever happened, the game's over. If you've won the most frames, it's done unless you're still tied. And then I didn't see this yet, but there's a one on one showdown tiebreaker where one pitcher and one fielder faces one batter. And they explained it as essentially it's the equivalent of uh, penalty kicks or like the showdown in hockey. Oh, yeah. um, I haven't seen it play out, but if we get to two hours, we're done. And if we do three of those, if at the end of three of those, no one's definitively won, the game ends in a tie. So you know that if you show up the hour before the game starts, you're in for three and a half hours of entertainment max in your home, which if you know baseball... <laughs> I've been to six hour baseball games before. Absolutely. Another rule you can't step out of the batter's box.
0: Once you're in, you're
1: in. (laughs) Uh, Say it again.
0: Once you're in, you're in.
1: (laughs) Once you're in, you're in. The only time you can step out, there are two situations I saw where you're allowed to step out of the batter's (laughs) box. One is a foul tip. If the ball goes foul because they have to get a new ball to the pitcher, you can step out for a second and like stretch your shoulders. The second one, one of the members of the party animals smoked a cigar. And he was allowed to smoke the cigar, step out, hand it to the umpire before he took his hit, and then grab it from the umpire, take another puff, and hand it back to him before the next pitch. Uh, that's the only other time I saw. I saw one guy that got furious because he got called for stepping out. If you step out of the batter's box, it's an automatic strike. Ah. So they, they're they not messing around. You can't bunt. There's no bunting at all. Good. Uh, you're absolutely not allowed to. Uh, the next thing, there are no such things as as walks. Walks are not allowed their sprints. And what that means is this. If ball four hits, the ball is not live in play until every member of the infield has touched it. So while that happens, the batter is allowed to take off. Oh. Well, last night, I saw a ball four home run. <laughs> because, like, and they they've, these players have learned to play this way. So they're like, oh, no, it's a, it's a ball. Get everybody close so we can do the hot potato handoff of the baseball. And someone threw out to left field, and the left fielder missed it. And that was it. That We oh. let that guy run all the way home for a home run.
0: <laughs> that is funny. Um.
1: So there's no walks or sprints. You are allowed to steal first as the batter. So if there's a, a random wild pitch, you can just run for it if you <laughs> want to. Um. There are no mound visits. If a pitcher's having a problem, you can't go out and talk to him. They're just going to have to deal with it. The final rule is if a fan catches a foul ball, the player is out. Oh, I think so, that's my favorite rule. <laughs> That dream you have as a fan, when you grab that ball that bounces in and and it affects the game, it does now. If you, and it doesn't happen often, but they were talking about, they were saying that in the current series they're in, which they call the world tour every year, which this year goes to five cities. It's like Biloxi, St. Louis, Montgomery, Alabama, (laughs) uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, and somewhere else. But where they were in the series, they said that, I think they said five people had been caught out by fans. Huh? So this makes every moment of this is a celebration. Every second, it doesn't stop. I would say if you're the kind of person that loves the pace of baseball, that you can just like, Oh, I can breathe. It's a sport and I don't really have to be excited. all the Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is horrible because this, like, even as a person who loves this, um, I was watching it. My wife, I was watching like two in the morning. My wife came down and was like, what are you watching? And she watched a little while and she was like, wow. This is I was like, yeah, this is intense. You can't look away. <laughs> she was like, Yeah, I also can't look away. And I don't like baseball. And this is and she sat down and watched it for like four innings because <laughs> it's so compelling. Um, I don't know, like, I'm not gonna say something like this is what the future of baseball should be. Not at all. Baseball should be baseball, but this should exist, and Definitely. more teams sh- should play this. Um so- it's a thing to watch. If you have ESPN plus, I mean I guess by the time this comes out, you'll still be able to watch it on demand. It's going to be worth your time. It's why I actually moved what I was going to talk about today to talk about this so that hopefully it would still be on demand uh, for anybody that wants to catch it. But just a fantastic, thrilling, thrilling, And like I said, everything's a celebration. Every inning's the ninth inning. Every team that wins the inning celebrates it. Uh, (laughs) We have a marching band. And then on top of all that is all the mid-inning minor league baseball garbage. Oh, yeah. So they're still throwing t-shirts out in the crowd and rolling up dads uh, in papooses and running them across. (laughs) Like, how they explain it? It was the swaddle the dad race where you had to swaddle the dad and then roll him across something. Like... All of that's still there too. It never stops. And it is everything that I think baseball should be, although I do not think it's what baseball should become at the professional, professional level, at the serious level, but it's real yes. amazing.
0: So the one question that I have is you mentioned, okay. you know, kind of Harlem Globetrottery. I assume this is like a legitimate competition. Like there's no so, uh, plan.
1: So I am to assume this is not what we would call is booked like professional wrestling. Yeah, uh, Professional wrestling, obviously, the people actually touch each other and hurt each other and throw each other around, but you know the winner when it starts unless something awful happens, someone gets injured or something. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, if I were the Savannah Bananas and I were booking this game, I would have booked it into a tiebreaker because the nation's watching. Right. Um. So that's what makes me think it's not... Also, you see, some of the players do some kind of like quasi-dirty stuff to each other. Like the pitcher, because of the you can't step out of the box, the pitcher can just keep throwing. So you oh. would watch pitchers try to sneak an extra pitch in. Uh-huh. And the batters would get like real mad about that. <laughs> uh, one guy ready. stepped out of the box and got screamed at. You know, like he could <laughs> see he was he at least appeared to be genuinely upset. If I were to find out this was booked like wrestling, it wouldn't like totally surprise me. But th- it does not appear that way. Because it doesn't have to be that way, you know, like you want a two hour event. And the beauty of this is unlike like real sport. And I hate to use that term because this is real. These are real athletes doing a thing. But this is very much sports entertainment Mm -hmm. um, is because it's the Savannah bananas versus the party animals. No one cares who wins. Right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, so it can be a legit sport or it cannot be. And it really doesn't matter. But there was no moment of baseball play that didn't feel like they were really playing. And when you hear like the, the announcer they had, because they let the Savannah bananas, like radio guy do the broadcast for ESPN. And Every time a batter would come up for the first time, he'd kind of give you their CV and it would be hilarious because it would be like, well, he was drafted number seven to the Yankees, moved, was in the Seattle Mariners system where he then proceeded to spend some time to the Modesto Nuts, got traded from the Nuts, worked his way back through New York with the Mets and the Yankees, then went down to Florida, worked a little bit with the Marlins for two seasons. Now he's been with the Bananas for two years and then got traded to the Party Animals. So you're like, (laughs) this guy. Has just not worked out on any team. <laughs> yep. And a lot of them are wearing batting helmets from, I guess, whatever they felt the high watermark of their career <laughs> is. So like one guy would be in a Modesto Nuts helmet and then the next guy would be in a Lexington Legends helmet. And then the next guy, you know, very few people were in like a Savannah Bananas batting helmet because clearly they brought the batting helmet for wherever they felt like they were a big deal
0: or well, wherever they um, had
1: <laughs> And a couple of the said again.
0: And whatever they had <laughs> just grabbed exactly. from their house. <laughs> there was
1: very much that the players have to dance. The players have to, because we were talking about this ahead of time is and a lot of these players are like four and fifth year players in this. So I'm guessing what is drawing talent is a mix of a, uh, you still get to play baseball professionally, even though you have not made it professionally in anywhere else that does this. Right. Um, you get to do that for a sellout Every night, you get to play in front of 4,000 people every night if you're willing to be a little bit of a circus clown. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, a couple of these guys are still, like, real legit. Like, you could see when every team had kind of one or two people that, like, just escaped probably being a low roster slot on a major league baseball team, because here they're murdering the ball. Uh, At one point they had the spaceman, Uh, Who played in a couple of World Series, but he's 75 years old now. He pitched a half (laughs) inning and he was on the bananas and everyone's cheering. Oh my goodness. And they have a commentator explaining his background that he was like a, he played for the Reds for a bunch of years and pitched two games of the World Series and was an MVP in the All Star game in like 1971. Uh, The guy comes out and he, you know, he's 75. So you can kind of see that he's getting himself warmed up. Opening pitch to one of the uh, uh, party animals. This dude takes it yard. (laughs) He hits the ball so hard it vaporizes and proceeds to run the bases, making fun of a 75 year old pitcher. Oh, (laughs) man. And then, to the dude's credit, they did not take him out because there's no mound visits. And he put every ball perfectly for a pop fly, and the inning was over in two minutes. (laughs) So, is that booked? I don't know. Uh, But it was fascinating and fun. But Uh, yeah, like some of these folks are clearly good. There were some like real skillful double plays. There was some great catching. There was some diving catches. I mean, like there's clearly athleticism on the field. Um, But yeah, I think it's a real competition. But at the end of the day, I don't really care.
0: care. Right, (laughs) right. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. I'm going to have to I've got like four ESPN channels on my satellite dish. So surely one of them's showing it.
1: It is the one for me. It is part of the Disney bundle,
0: right? Because the, the Disney
1: bundle gives you Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu, and that's how I had it. Because I was like, I think I have this through like my phone provider, and I was like, yes, I do. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Sweet. Um, they they also the other thing they mentioned coming into the game is they have like more followers on TikTok and Twitter than any other minor league team. Period, and some of their numbers are approaching major league teams. And it's because the stuff they do on TikTok and I've had people for years send me TikToks and YouTube videos like one night they did dirty dancing night. And when the (laughs) bananas, everybody was in like the skirt that Jennifer Gray wore Uh uh, in dirty dancing in the last scene in the uh, I've had the time of my life and they recreated the I had the time of my life at the end of the game.
0: Oh my gosh. The, lift? the
1: pitcher ran up to the catcher and the catcher like grabbed him by the hips and held him up. Like that's impressive. And that's the kind of <laughs> stuff they shouldn't they've got. Oh, the final thing. Cause it's so, it's so silly that every time I think I'm done, there's another thing I have to tell you. So I was like, okay, we're starting an inning. I guess stuff's normal. Cool. Okay. I'm getting, we're back in the game. A dude shows up and his bat is on fire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
1: sweet. Like he just rolled in to start the inning with his bat full <laughs> tilt on fire. Full Mick Foley ECW flaming baseball bat and he hits with it The thing's <laughs> on fire and he's hitting with it. Uh, they had another guy who was like a vine guy, I guess. Cause they said like he, he had millions of fans on vine, but his whole deal is baseball bat tricks. So this dude's like throwing the bat horizontally to his body and then whipping it in such a way that the heavy end of the bat stays where it is. And the handle spins around. So oh, this wow. dude just like whipping the thing in front of him like a boomerang and grabbing <laughs> it each time and getting ready to like hit the ball. Uh, he's like kicking it off his own feet and picking it up in the air. Like, it, it's a thing, you got to say. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, to spend even more time on this, but every time I think I'm done, I remember another thing that blows my mind.
0: Well, you can hit the savannahbananas.com if you want to check out some of this stuff because I am sold,
1: <laughs> yeah. And once again, ESPN Plus has two of the games. Uh, One was last night, one's tonight. They are currently on demand, or at least last night's is. I would assume by the time this comes out, you probably can still find it on demand. Well worth your time. (laughs) Excellent. So then, Eric, I know you had another thing that you wanted to talk about uh, that I'm also interested in, quite frankly. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So, not quite as excited as you are, but... um (laughs) <laughs> about the the baseball banana balls but um in the last episode again you had oh i can't remember his name was it uh Richard on the show who is who was your third guest we're
1: talking about Mike that was Mike, Mike. That was talking about Mike. the uh the music stuff yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah and one of the things you talked about was Rick Beato uh and i've watched quite a few videos of him and it's really interesting if you ever want to know just kind of the mechanics of songs and why things are popular and stuff I, the guy is really solid and knows his stuff uh i don't usually hang out on youtube but um you know, you hit one video, like a Rick Beto video, and then, of course, it leads you down the rabbit trail to all kinds of stuff. And I have discovered that there are bands that seem to be always fronted by a really cute girl uh, that do cover videos. And then they do they intersperse mm-hmm. those with uh, regular, uh, you know, their own original stuff. But this is yeah. this is kind of how they've decided to kind of break out. There's no radio, really. You know, it's it's a little hard to tour, especially the last few years. So what they'll do is they'll make cover videos of a song that you liked and then, um, you know, also include some of their own stuff. And uh, they're quite successful. We're talking hundreds of thousands of, you know, 700,000 subscribers, you know, millions of video Mm -hmm. watches. Uh, And so I I was watching uh, three of these bands. One of them hit me because they did a cover of a Cheap Trick song. They did a cover of Surrender. So this one is uh, First to Eleven. And they've done all kinds of covers. They did they did a fun cover of "Kisses I Was Made for Loving You," where they all dressed up okay. in kiss makeup. But the joke yeah. was they all dressed up as Paul Stanley. <laughs> 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 so, and uh, oh, and then they had another video where they did a cover of "Skillet's Monster," and one of the guys' four year old sons did all the drumming on the video. And uh, nice, it was cute, and he did a great job too. It was really cute. But they they have sk- chops i mean this isn't just kind of a we'll put our cute girl up front and and i mean they mm-hmm. the, and the thing that impresses me especially about first to 11 is they have this thing where they put out a video once a week and this isn't just oh we're at stage and we're i mean it's a full produced video with you know mm-hmm. multiple camera cuts and edits and stuff not to mention they have to record the song as well yep. uh, and it, it's just it's incredibly impressive and then they'll do crossovers with some of these other bands so probably my favorite one and pronunciation is going to be challenging here is Sershan and Zariskaya. Now Zariskaya is the lead singer, uh, clearly Eastern European. I think she's Russian, Um, but they tend to do a lot of heavy metal covers and this is, she's got a deeper voice, but she can really wail. And it's, it's really amazing to hear her sing uh, some of these different songs as well. And then there's one more that I kind of watched. Her name is a, House, Hal, Halcone, Halcyon. I think it's Halcyon, but it's H A L C O N E. And again, same thing. They they'll cover bands, you know, they'll cover songs, and then uh, and then also include their own originals. And they they've been doing it for three or four years now, and it's just amazing. I'll come in and occasionally, look at their video list, and say, "Oh, hey, they've done it." And and the breadth of songs they cover is is kind of crazy. Sometimes it's a Justin Bieber song, sometimes it's a Diana Ross song, ACDC, Nirvana, you know basically whatever they want to do. And uh, yeah. so if you're just looking for music and want to watch, and the videos, like I said, the videos are all well done. Like there's, uh, it's just well edited, well sounded. It's not just kind of, Oh, we're going to set up an iPhone while we play. And then, you know, live out. I mean, these are full blown music videos. So I'll put links to them in the show notes, but, uh, first to 11 Halcyon and, and Shershen and Zereshkaya are, uh, are three. And of course, if you just watch some of them on the side, you'll see, you know, half a dozen more.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I'm I'm actually going to point you to a few more, uh, to think about one. Uh, and I think this was probably one of the bands that proved it could be done. And they've actually toured with it is Scott Bradley's postmodern jukebox. Uh, what they do is sort of like 1920s jazz era, uh, that kind of thing, versions of pop songs. and many of them, I actually, for my money, um, their version of Sweet Child of Mine, I like better than Guns and Roses because I didn't super love the Guns and Roses version like I get why everyone likes it. don't don't at me. <laughs> I get what it is. But hearing it as like a barrel house piano song with a strong female vocalist in the front of it is fantastic to me. Um, So and they've like they've toured the country they took being uh, they are the band that proved you could be like a quirky YouTube band and -hmm. then tour the country and make albums with it. And that's what they've (laughs) done. Um, Another one I'll point you to is and they're disbanded now. uh, But Carmen K.A.R.M.I.N. It was a, a guy and his I think now wife and they would do covers. The one that everyone looks at 112 million views on YouTube is Look At Me Now by Chris Brown. And what's noted about this is they're doing it with one guy playing keyboard and then one woman singing and rapping the whole thing. And she murders it. <laughs> uh, she murders Chris Brown's part where she's lilting and singing. She manages to do Busta Rhymes, like frenetic pace rapping, and hit every bit of it. Uh, it was such a big deal at the time that, like, her, and the she rapped with the roots for a song or two. Oh, wow. Because they wanted to, <laughs> to see what she could do. So Carmen's another one to check out. I would say, look at me now is the main one you want to see. Um, there's also Nini Music, N-I-N-I Music. And what this is, is this is a woman in, I believe, Hong Kong playing, I do not know the name of the instrument, but it's sort of like the sound as far as uh like uh we hear Chinese music. We always kind of hear that like Kung Fu movie sound right, of that, I do not know what that ancient sitar-ish
0: is. guitar sound. Yeah.
1: It's kinda kind of sitarish, but I don't know exactly what it's called. But she does it with pop music. So, like, I'm looking here. Um, she's like, got, uh, G- got a G6, paint it black, um, Aerosmith's Dream on. Then she also does some baby metal. Then she's doing Thunderstruck. Then she does Thriller. Uh, and, like, she'll play it midday live sometimes if you can catch her on that. Uh, <laughs> um- on uh, Reddit at the right time She'll be like the main thing on the Reddit broadcasting system uh, But Nini Music And then the final one I'll leave you with Is someone called uh, Hildegard von Blingen And essentially what Hildegard von Blingen is Is You know when you go to Renfest Or uh, Renfair And uh-huh. there's like the Renfair band And during like two hours they'll just play Whatever's hot yes. And you won't understand why And you'll all of a sudden be like Wait a minute is Are, are they doing Bruno Mars <laughs> This is that Uh, They not only completely redo the music To make it in that tone, they also redo all of the words To make it so it fits that tone
0: Oh, that's funny
1: Yeah, so uh, Hildegard von Blingen is the other one I'll give you Uh, And just the same thing Weird covers Um, I'm looking here, what is this Uh, The Weekend Save Your Tears In what they call Bardcore (laughs) uh, 713,000 views Wow From nine months ago Holding Out for a Hero uh, they oh. did 1.1 million views Uh somebody that I used to know. And once again, they refer to their music style as Bardcore, uh, which is once again, it's that taking that like Ren Faire band and telling them you are a wedding cover band now.
0: That is funny. Uh, so well, w-
1: well worth checking out.
0: Well, let me throw so one you know- just. Yeah, let me throw one in there just because it's it's funny and it's worth three minutes and 11 seconds of your time. And that is Okali Doakley yes. and their song White Wine Spritzer. So Oakley Doakley is a Ned Flanders inspired, <laughs> what do you call it, throat metal? You know, it's the whoa type music.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I'm, I'm the- not up on, on my subdivisions of heavy metal. <laughs>
1: I I almost saw them touring with um, Mac Sabbath, which is a Black Sabbath cover band that dresses as all the characters from McDonald's.
0: Oh gosh.
1: Yeah. So like literally the lead singer is like a Ronald McDonald. Their guitar player is like Mayor McCheese with giant fangs. Um, Oakley Doakley often tours with them.
0: Yeah. That sounds, that sounds right. The same speed. So, but yeah, yeah, if you want to, you want to see Ned Flanders at his, uh, chorist. Yes, then, then and I believe all five
1: members of the band dress like Ned yep. Flanders. Exactly, so it's the right. hair, the glasses, the the cut off sweater,
0: the pink shirt with the green yeah. sweater. You got it.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that well, should take and, care of
0: your YouTube videos <laughs> for the next day. Oh or yeah, two.
1: you're good till at least the next one of these. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all righty. Anything else that you want to chat about before we break? I
1: I feel like we've really done a lot here. I know, and I'm kind of spent. We've, we've, <laughs> yeah, I think we've given a lot of information to folks uh, out there. Check some of this stuff out. If any of it sounds like your speed, I think you'll get a kick out of it, both in the music and the, the everything that we've talked about. Um, if it sounded like it was cool, give it your couple of minutes. I think you'll get a real big kick out of it.
0: Absolutely. And I appreciate you for giving us your couple of minutes, you the listener. And I appreciate you, Bruce, for giving me your 47 and 11 minutes. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. I really appreciate it. And once again, all of you out there, thank you so much for listening.
0: And I will talk at you later. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license.
1: Thank you.